0: Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. All right, if you want to turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This morning we are going to dig into spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. And... This morning, we are going to look at the beginning of chapter 12, and we're going to look at this in two separate weeks because there's so much to unpack here. There's so much to be talked about when it comes to spiritual gifts. And so this morning, what we are going to do is we are going to take some time to unpack some foundations of spiritual gifts before we get to the specific specific gifts themselves. Okay, So we're going to talk about some foundations of spiritual gifts as Paul lays out in chapter 12. And then we're going to begin to move on. And so, these next few chapters, 12 and 13 and 14, really, Paul takes an extended amount of time to talk about spiritual gifts as they operate within the context of a a corporate body, the church. He begins to address the church and wants to make sure the church understands what God has done and the impact it has on our corporate gatherings. So, we're going to take some time this morning to lay out some of um, these foundations for the gifts themselves. And as as we do that, let's let's pray and ask the Lord for his help. So Lord, we want to thank you this morning. God, we celebrate, God, the accomplishments that we see in this church. We thank you for um, long marriages. We thank you for the, the newlyweds, Lord. We thank you for the children. God, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to gather together in your name, Lord, that we could gather together and hear your word proclaimed to us and God, that you would be so gracious to turn our attention, God, our affections, our desires towards you. God, we know that that distractions abound. God, but I pray this morning you would help us to fix our eyes upon you and all that you are and all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read through verses 1 to 11. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Verse 7, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To each one individually, as he wills. Now, the curious thing about the gifts is usually, as we begin to unpack and talk about spiritual gifts, all of our questions are about the gifts themselves. This week, uh, Michelle's grandmother came, paid us a visit, and. Nana is just the most precious lady in the world. She's born and raised in in Mexico. She's in her mid-80s, and she came over this week to see us and the kids. And so one of our kids, as, as Nana comes over to the home, one of her kids walks up to Nana, and the first thing, he looks at Nana and says, Where are the donuts? Because she sometimes brings donuts for our kids, right? I don't know if your kids have ever done that before. And he is more concerned about the gifts and not the giver. So we've got to tell, hey Nick, okay, it was Nick, all right, <laughs> let the cat out of the bag, okay, I'm sorry, don't want to embarrass him, don't go back and, you know, say something to him. Um, so, so we say to Nick, hey bud, we're happy that Nana's here. It's, it, it's, it's great that she's here. We are so glad that Nana's here with us. And, and, and it's such a blessing to have. We are not concerned about the donuts. It, it's, it's more about the fact that she's here. And we're excited that she's coming. And we're excited that she's going to spend some time with us and have, have lunch with us. And, but Nick's only thinking about the donuts, right? Now, he's more concerned about the gifts and not the giver. When we, get, when we come to spiritual gifts, oftentimes we begin by asking questions about the donuts. When we should be asking questions about the giver of the gifts. And so that's the thing that Paul begins to hammer, especially as we look into verse 3. Spiritual reality is that by the Spirit are we able to say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. It's, it's the supremacy, the absolute supremacy of Jesus Christ in everything. As we look through Colossians chapter 1, it begins to talk about Jesus Christ. I'm going to just turn there real quick. You don't have to turn there, I'll, I'll read it. But Colossians chapter 1, it's this beautiful picture of, of who Jesus Christ is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the church, the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all All things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. It's this this overwhelming obsession with Jesus Christ that Jesus is Lord. Paul says similar things in Philippians chapter 2 that said, The name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is the Lord. That is a promise that will happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31. It's Jesus Christ again. it's this magnification of Jesus Christ. It's his obsession with Jesus Christ, that He is the Lord. Jesus Christ. Paul says, I, "I made it my aim to know nothing among you in the church except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The good news of Jesus Christ transforms and changes us, radically determines our destiny, our eternity, in Jesus Christ. We are forgiven, we are set free, we are redeemed. We have faith in Jesus Christ, we trust in him for the forgiveness of our sins. Died on the cross for us, took our place, took our judgment. We are transformed and changed. Jesus is Lord. Read this quote from Charles, I'm sorry, Charles, from William Barclay. Not Charles Barclay, different guy. I don't think Charles Barclay has ever written a commentary on 1 Corinthians, but thank goodness that William Barclay did. We're going to read from him. The word for Lord was a tremendous word. It was the official title of the Roman emperor. It was the word by which the sacred name Yahweh was rendered in the Greek translation of the Old Testament scriptures. When people could say Jesus is Lord, it meant... That they gave to Jesus their supreme loyalty of their lives and the supreme worship of their hearts. That is what Jesus is Lord means. It is all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. Everything is for Him. Everything points back to Him. Everything is, is enabled by Him. So as we begin this morning to talk about the gifts, let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the giver of the gifts. That's foundation number one. Foundation number two, it's all about grace. It's all about grace. Now, look under your seats. Someone has a gift card taped under their seat. So go ahead. Someone right now has a gift card taped under their seat. Has anyone found the gift card? Beto found the gift card. Unreal. Beto, that is amazing. It's a McDonald's gift card. So we want you to move up a couple classes and wait. So we want to feed you McDonald's as much as we can. Now, that kind of ruined my illustration, by the way, but just go with me. Pretend like Beto didn't get anything earlier, okay? Now, here's the difference. The other gift cards were given because it was attached to some kind of accomplishment, right? You got married, you stayed married, you flew an airplane, you pinned some guy in eight seconds, right? Right? Yemi and Julia serving in children's ministry. That's the normal way in which we give gifts. We give gifts attached to something. You graduated. You, you know, there was a retirement party. There's, there's, there's a wedding. I mean, we give gifts usually attached to things that people accomplish. We celebrate those things. And it's a good thing. Now, the difference is that gift that Beto got, that gift wasn't attached to anything. That was just a gift. I doesn't have to do anything for that gift. Now, here's the thing about these gifts. When Paul begins to talk about the gifts in verse 4, this word that he uses for gifts is charismata. In the Greek, it's charismata. It means this grace gifts. See, the gifts that God gives are not attached to any kind of accomplishment. The gifts that God gives are not attached to something that we've done. It's not as if we've somehow we've read the Bible enough. God gives us a gift. We've we've prayed enough. We get a gift. We've 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 gone to church enough. We get a gift. We've we've given so much. We get a gift. That's not how God works. The gifts. These are grace gifts. They're attached to nothing, nothing that we've done. It's unbelievable that the grace of God would say this holy, magnificent, wonderful, powerful God would say, "Look, I'm going to redeem you and save you." And on top of that. I'm going to give you gifts. I'm going to lavish my grace upon you. Grace upon grace upon grace. And I'm going to give you gifts. Not because you've pinned someone in eight seconds. Because I want to. And that's my heart to do that. Grace, gifts. It's good news for us. It's good news for me to screw up. It's good news for the, per- the people who say, look... I, I, I didn't bring anything to the table. I haven't accomplished much in my life. I don't really deserve these kinds of gifts from God. And God says, absolutely. That's why they're grace gifts. Man, it's for the person who's, who's made a mess of their lives. God says, look, I'm going to give you gifts. It's not just for the super holy. It's not just for the person who's, who's super righteous or who's gone to church enough. No, each one of us, Each one of us grace gifts. That's what God has done. It's not like the gifts we give. These are the gifts that God gives. And they're grace gifts. Each one of us. Redeemed and then given gifts. That's what God has done. So foundation number one. It's all about Jesus. Not the donuts. Number two. It's all about grace. We didn't earn it. Foundation number three is this: it's all about others. It is all about others. And I think I told you this earlier, but there was a house for sale, a couple, a couple doors down from the church, and they had an estate sale. And Corey thought he saw a guitar in the window, so we had to go to the guitar or go to the estate sale to see if there was actually a guitar there which turned out to not be a guitar. I think it was like a sign or something like that, right? So, but here's the thing. We're like, okay, there's an estate sale that day. Well, there's this huge line of people out the door. I mean, there's like tons of people everywhere. Take a number. I mean, it was like this huge thing. Like, well, what's inside the house? Why are so many people lined up for this house? You know, and plus there could be a guitar in there. So, (laughs) so we, we, Corey and I, we get in and Lori. We all get in line. We're gonna go check out what's inside the mystery house, full of guitars or whatever. And we, so we, we, you know, you, only only so many people at a time can go in. And so it's like you're kind of like ushered into the to the home by some like a security guard. It was really weird. And we get into the house, and the house is chocked full. I mean, I can't tell you how full this thing was of. Like trinkets, like knickknacks, like little metal statues of horses and dogs and, you know, other collectible. They had like 14 trombones and just all kinds of stuff, but just a lot of stuff. So in the basement they would have shovels and they would have 10 shovels and they would have, you know, 14 hand saws and 10 hammers and just it goes on and on and on and on. I mean, every every room of that house was just it wasn't. You didn't have one of something. You had a hundred of it, and it was all junk. That's why everyone was leaving without anything. I mean, everyone was waiting in line, and no one was buying anything on the way out. It was it was just it was unbelievable. We should have been like, hey, no one's left with anything yet. Maybe we should just get out of line now. Why why wait? Right? They kept it all for themselves. They passed away. They had collected these trinkets or knickknacks. I mean, it must have been a long, long time. But they hoarded, it, and it was stuff that no one wanted. And in the end, people are leaving empty-handed. They spent their lifetime collecting and hoarding stuff that nobody wanted. They kept it all for themselves. See, the law of love, as we've been talking about the past few weeks, the law of love demands that we consider other people. That in the way that we spend our time and our money and our energy and all that God has given to us, the gifts that God has given to us for the blessing and the care and concern of others. That is what the law of love demands. Verse seven, to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit. To each one, each one of us, each one of you, Every person who's called upon the name of Jesus Christ and trusted in him for salvation has been given a gift, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and it's been given to you for a reason. That reason is this. It's for the common good. It's for other people. It's not so you can collect this this whole, this whole trove, this whole treasury of, of stuff. Pack it away in your house. Pack it away in your life, these gifts that God has given. Say, no, it's only for me. That's not it at all. See, the purpose of the gifts are for giving. That's the purpose of the gifts. They're forgiving. They're for us to give away. The spiritual gifts are given to each believer so that they could bless and care for and love the people around them. It's for the common good. See, we want to glorify God with our lives. We want our lives to magnify Jesus Christ. In everything that we do, we want our lives to lift Jesus high that many people would see and know who he is. And then he's given us spiritual gifts. He's given us spiritual gifts to each one. He says, I want you to use these spiritual gifts to glorify me. How do we do that? By serving others. When we think about the way in which we glorify God with our lives, oftentimes it means for us making little decisions in the private that would honor and glorify God. No, I won't look at that. No, I'm not going to do this. No, I want to read my Bible. I I want to pray all these things which do glorify and honor the Lord. Those are good things. But God says, look, I've given you the gift specifically so that you can glorify me by serving other people for the common good. This is why they've been given in the first place. That's not even about us. It's about the other people sitting around us. That's why God has called and given to each one of us gifts. And this can only be accomplished corporately. It cannot be accomplished individually. It has to be a corporate expression of what God has done. Our commitment to God and the love for him must be lived out in the context of community. It has to work that way. There is no other way. According to God's word, I believe there is no other way to live this out. It's for the common good, not for my good. It's for the common good, good of all people. Must be celebrated that way. A few years ago, I should say probably longer than a few years ago, uh, Michelle and I went to a Cubs-White Sox game. All right. Now, it was at Wrigley Field. We're Cubs fans. Yes. Yeah. So I can, I can hear cheers. I can hear boos. You know, like whatever. All right. We like baseball. We like the Cubs. We don't hate the Sox. We just like the Cubs better. Now, we are at the Cubs-White Sox game. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. It is magnificent outside. It is sunny. It is wonderful. And... In the middle of the game, the Cubs are at bat, bases are loaded, and the White Sox are going to bring in a, a, relief, pick, a relief pitcher. So Michelle's like, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Okay. She's like, should I, should I wait? I mean, I'm like, ah, you got time. Just go ahead and go. So she goes. Well, there's a huge line in the bathroom. It's Wrigley Field, mind you, so it's uh, huge lines and all that kind of stuff. Well, as she's, going, she's in the bathroom, Derek Lee at the time was on the Cubs, but he was he wasn't active on the or he wasn't playing that day because he was injured, and so but he was still active on the roster, and so they put him into pinch hit. And bases are loaded, new pitcher, Derek Lee at the plate, pinch hitting. He hits a grand slam. Alright. Now, this is the most electric, amazing sports thing I've seen live. I mean, this was like, I don't, like, I mean, the heavens were going to part. I mean, like, we were all going to get raptured up in that moment. it was just like the place was going nuts. I couldn't believe it. I mean, people are are hugging and high-fiving and and pouring beer on each other's heads. I mean, it's just like, it's just craziness. It's just craziness going on. Derek Lee had a pinch hit grand slam. I mean, who, who gets to see that? Now, Michelle comes back, and she's like, what would I miss? <laughs> it's like, I, I hate to tell you this. There's no, more, there's no one on base anymore. Cubs are winning. You missed a grand slam. Derek Lee hit a pinch hit grand slam. Now here's the thing. The law of love, the law of love demands that we do not take our gifts and head to the bathroom. Okay? The law of love demands that it must be celebrated together. That as we think about the gifts being exercised in our midst, it's got to be done corporately. It's got to be done with other people. That's the very reason God gave us the gifts. To honor and glorify Him through corporately celebrating and rejoicing. That Grand Slam meant nothing in the bathroom. Did nothing. But together as we celebrate, as we saw, saw him hit the home, hit the home run and experienced the excitement of that and the joy of that. God in the same way says, look, that is my gifts are to be used in that corporate sense. Not to let you take our stuff and go home. So the foundation for spiritual gifts, it's all about Jesus, not the donuts. It's all about grace. We didn't earn it. And it's all about others. The purpose of the gifts are not for hoarding. Now we're going to spend the next few weeks looking into the rest of chapter 12 and really looking at the rest of these gifts because there's a number of gifts here. and Just a a diversity of gifts that really reflect a a God who gives. We're going to close this morning in prayer. And I really appreciate what Jason said this morning. And being sensitive to, to bring that exhortation to us and as we as we partake of communion, I want to encourage us, as Jason said this morning, as we talked about last week, if there are things in our lives that we need to get right with people, with one another, with family, with, with whatever is going on in our lives, that we would take care of that business first in honoring the Lord and then take communion second. Whether well, that means you hold off this week and you take it next week or whatever that looks like, But I want to to encourage us to do that. As As we begin to talk about spiritual gifts, let us remember it is all about Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are the gift giving God. God that you love to give gifts. Good gifts. Gifts that bless and encourage and strengthen. Gifts that meet us where we are and not based upon any kind of prior accomplishments that we've done, purely a gift of Your grace. And what I pray that as we go through these Scriptures, God, as we consider all that You've done, Lord, I pray that we would always keep in mind, Lord, the incredible responsibility we have towards one another. God, that by Your Spirit, we would be the very people of God who would bless, courage, strengthen, and help serve each other. In your name we pray. Amen.